0: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly Game Bet Match on the bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. And remember, uh Right now, Bet Rivers has a special new football squares game where you can win up to ten thousand dollars when you make your football bets. so check it out on the Bet Rivers and play Sugar House apps and remember for all of your wagering needs it 's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey. play Sugar House in Connecticut, and you can find the program wherever you might uh delve into the world of the podcast but uh the best place to find it is obviously on the uh, BetRivers network, so check it out there. You can connect that through the BetRivers app uh, and do it all in one step. All right, Uh, as we head towards the postseason uh, and uh, have the typical Black Monday, it was a quiet Black Monday. Usually, you get a very, very... Solid number of changes in the NFL. This year it's light. Uh, and that, if there was a surprise, if there was one, I don't know if people thought Houston was going to keep Lovey more than one year. I don't know what they told Lovey when he took the job. First of all, Cully did a good job there last year and uh, didn't get a chance to get the job. Uh, Lovey, you figured went in there with the idea that he would be given a chance. He definitely improved the team, how much improvement they expected in one year. I don't know. Uh, but I know Tony Dungy's angry about his buddy getting axed after one year. Um, you can't keep firing coaches one year after one year, after one year, you just can't do it. I mean, uh, if you do that, you're going to wind up in big trouble. Um, so from that standpoint, you just, you, you, you can't do it. And they, they are slubby. Arizona's Arizona no surprise. Um, the other jobs were all done during the season. So you knew what was going to happen with Carolina Indy. Denver, of course, is shopping in the, uh, in the expensive aisle for head coaches. Although Denver has a couple of things that aren't that attractive right now. I don't think Russell Wilson's all that attractive to a veteran head coach. And number two, that franchise has given away a lot of the store in terms of picks. And number three, you're in the division with the Chiefs. It's not To me, it, there are better jobs. There really are. Uh, don't be surprised if one of the jobs of the teams that had a good season opens up. And also, I mentioned this in passing weeks ago. And I think I heard Rex Ryan say it yesterday, and we might have got it from the same person because I know we talked to the same person who's a former coach. And the bottom line is there's been this rumor going around for months that Sean Payton was going to go back to New Orleans and bring Tom Brady along. I mean, that's been out there. Heard Rex say it yesterday. I said it weeks ago. It's been all over the place. I don't know if there's any truth to it. They don't have to give up compensation the other teams will to get Sean um, I don't know if Sean would go back there uh I don't know what's up you know he and Tom did flirt with Miami together. That's where that whole thing came from. There's a lot of rumors that Tom's going to be elsewhere next year and that he's not going to retire i th- I do think there's a better chance Tom's quarterbacking somewhere. Else next year, than there is Aaron Rodgers is coaching some uh, is uh, quarterbacking somewhere else next year. So I think there's a better chance Brady is playing somewhere else next year than there is that Aaron Rodgers is. Aaron Rodgers gets paid sixty million by Green Bay next year. Um, they're not changing coaches in Green Bay. The guys won a lot of games, a lot of games. He's won forty seven games for four years. He's not not going anywhere. Okay, they haven't won the whole thing. We know that they didn't make the playoffs this year, which was bitterly disappointing. Last night was disappointing. They have to go out and get Aaron Rodgers, somebody who can catch the football. They let a great receiver leave, okay? But they brought in guys who all year did nothing. And last night, another example. If you take that fumble and the drops out of the game, Green Bay's going to win. I mean, the drops were unbelievable last night and he's gotten so used and so conditioned to the drops this year that he you know you know drop and then a sack drop and then a sack drop and then a bad play I mean that's been his year all year Uh, but so many beautiful passes just dropped I mean just flat out dropped that they have to go out and get him a receiver if he's going to stay there next year my I would think first of all I think he's going to play next year Secondly, I don't think anybody's looking to leave a place where he's getting paid $60 million. So I think he will probably be in Green Bay next year, if I had a guess. Um, Does Sean come back and coach next year? I think there's probably a good chance he does. I don't know where that will be. Uh, Like I said, don't rule uh, New Orleans out, even though they have a coach right now. Um, The Harbor, I... Unless the NCAA is chasing him out, and I don't think what he did was that bad if he's hit with any violations at all, um, I think he'll probably wind up staying, although I would say there's a chance he comes. He's always flirting with the NFL, so it's still, that's still a possibility. And then, you know, you're going to hear the litany of assistance led by, of course, the uh, enemy uh, who... Probably should have got a job by now. Um, D'Amico Ryan's is going to be a hot candidate. Uh, you know, coordinators in Detroit, coordinator in Philly, those guys are going to be hot candidates. Uh, so, you know, that's what usually happens. Offensive coordinators have a much better chance because they want someone who can develop or, or relate to a quarterback. These guys all want coaches, and that's why young offensive coaches get the jobs now. Defensive guys usually don't. I think the Jets should and will keep their head coach. Whether they make changes on the offensive staff remains to be seen. And they have to go out and get a quarterback who can play. They don't have one on the roster. I can't go into. The, I can go into the season with uh, White as my backup. I can't go into the season where White as my head, as my starting quarterback. And I can't go into the season when Wilson is starting quarterback because he's not ready to play quarterback. So, and that team's a team ready to go to the playoffs next year. They have players. And, you know, even on offense, if they're healthy on the offensive line and you got Wilson at wide receiver and you have Hall at at running back, they they got players. And on defense, they're loaded. Absolutely loaded. So from that standpoint, uh, I would very much think you bring them back Maybe you make a change on the offensive staff and you find a veteran quarterback who can play. That's what it comes down to more than anything else. As far as looking ahead to the games next week, um, and I'm sure you know them. I'll run through them once just in case for some reason you didn't uh, get who's playing what day. Uh, It'll start. And these are always easier to predict. I mean, you could, have, you could have locked it up that Seattle was going to be against San Francisco in that 4 o'clock slot, Saturday slot. Uh, the only one that surprised me was I thought they would put Tampa on and, and, and Dallas on Sunday night, not Monday night. That's the only thing that surprised me. The other ones I had all right. That's the only one I got wrong. Um, Seahawks and Niners, Niners' 10-point favorites. That number will only go north. Chargers and Jags are the fir- are the uh, primetime game on Saturday night. That line open, Chargers 3 has already gone to Chargers uh, 1 and some pickums. Don't be surprised if Jaguars even favored by the time that game kicks off. Uh, the triple header on Sunday starts with the Dolphins and the Bills. Bills, 10.5-point favorites. We don't know yet who's going to quarterback the Dolphins. I uh, don't think it will be Tua. Uh Giants and Vikings are in the uh coveted Sunday four o'clock spot, four thirty on Sunday. Giants are three point underdog. And then the Ravens and the Bengals are the Sunday night game. Bengals six and a half point favorites. I guess people are hoping out of hope of Lamar Jackson playing, but I don't think he will. Um and then Monday night, the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. The Cowboys, three points favorites against the eight and nine Bucks, Tom Brady Has a losing year, but he gets to the postseason, and his team gets a chance to host the Cowboys as the four seed, even though they're eight and nine. They host the Cowboys, Cowboys three point favorites on the Monday night game. Those are the, and then, of course, you have the Bills, I mean, the uh, Eagles and the uh, Chiefs sitting out as the one seats, and if the Bills and the Chiefs should wind up in an AFC title game, it will be played on neutral field. That the offshoot of what happened in the cancellation of the uh, uh, Bills-Bengals game, and good news this evening that Hamlin has been released from the hospital. So kudos to those who took care of him. Wonderful story and wonderful news to report this evening that Hamlin has been released from the hospital a week after uh, he was basically in need of emergency care and uh, had his heart restarted on the field in Cincinnati. So uh, great job by all those involved. Uh, They honored them in Buffalo yesterday. They should, especially they should honor the Cincinnati people also who were involved. Uh, Great job by all of them, all the way around. Uh, As far as everyone keeps talking about what's going to happen with Korea, it comes down to what price will he, he's obviously got to accept less money. Or he can go, there's been rumors today of him going, signing a one-year contract with the Red Sox and then doing that and then proving he is you know. But, again, if that's the case, next year he's going to have to deal with this injury. I gather he's had this medical condition with the ankle for years, from what I understand. So if he wants to stay with the Mets, he has to – give them some financial remedy on some level. If he wants to get that long-term contract, it will be less than he had signed for, that he had agreed upon. Or he can go off and sign a one-year contract somewhere. Or he could sign a one-year contract with the Mets. I mean, thats I don't think the Mets really want to do that, but that might be a solution. Then they could turn around, you know, if they're happy in August and sign the a contract. But I don't know what's going to happen, what the final remedy is going to be with that. It's obviously become a little bit of a circus. Does he make or break the Mets team? He does not. He makes it better, no question about it. Does he make or break the team? He does not. So, to me, his his position is not as Wonderful as he and his agent would like to make it. It's not. Because they don't have to have him. None of these teams that we're talking about that are throwing out the money have to have him. They do not. He's a nice player to have. He makes you better. He doesn't make you whole. He's not that good. He's good, but he's not that good. Emails when we return. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Mike Francesa Podcast at gmail.com. That's where you send the emails. Uh, We'll get to as many as we can on this uh, Monday evening. Um, Tim from Dallas. Was the Dallas play calling such that they were possibly not showing anything for the playoffs? Um, You always get a little of that. In the last game, especially when the game has turned and you don't have anything to play for, the news out of the other parks wasn't good. But that's not really what happened to the Cowboys. They got off to an awful start in the game. You know, they had the punt blocked. They uh, had the muff when they even missed that field goal. And then they had the pick six. They're down a couple of scores right off the bat. Uh, And they didn't have to dig in and do anything. They didn't have to do it. And they just looked awful. Let's be honest. The Cowboys this year have been either world beaters and looked wonderful or just looked terrible. They have not had a lot of in-between games. They have had just a lot of games where they have looked terrible. And let's be honest. They have a lot of instability in these games and with their head coach, a lot of instability with their quarterback. And they're very hard to trust. Now, As I said to you when we were talking about the games last night, and we'll talk about them a lot this week. If Dallas, with their tremendous pass rush, gets a sustained rush on Tom Brady, they're going to make Tom Brady's life completely miserable and win that game going away. If they don't do that, they will have a very long game, or they will have a game where Tom will take it from them in the fourth quarter. It's all about the pass rush. They will have their moments in the passing game. They won't run the ball that great on Tampa because Tampa can stop the run. They will pass the ball well on Tampa because everybody does. They will make some plays. They will get the ball out to their wide receivers. They will get the ball out to Pollard. They will get the balls to the tight end. They will do what they have to do, Uh, but their pass rush will decide whether it's a good game or not. Claudio asks, uh, after the Thibodeau incident uh, and his refusal to apologize, and now what Ward did this week, what do you think of the current giant culture? Well, I could li- – listen, I I don't think – I said I don't think Thibodeau, who's a bit of a hot dog, more than a bit. Uh, I don't think he did it on purpose. I don't think he realized that the quarterback was hurt. As far as what Ward was doing yesterday uh, – at the end of the game, I have no idea what he was doing. But I'll tell you right now, if you my player, he gets fined. That's all it is to it. On a playoff week, though, with the Giants in the playoff for the first time, we're not going to make that the headline. Um, Scott emails, I agree with your point that the Bills seem to just be missing something. Do you think that they will uh, and others off the staff could have a negative impact? Yes. Yes. Um, to me, the difference is now, if you listen to people who were around the Bills a lot, you hear whispers that Allen had a bad arm in the middle of the season, that he got hurt. He tried to play through it. He had trouble throwing the ball. He was erratic throwing the ball, but that his arm's back. But this year, he has been. His wondrous self at times, but he has also made some just absolutely outrageously bad mistakes with the ball in the red zone. He has thrown some awful picks in the red zone, and he's had more than a few of them. The thing I say about the Bills also is I just don't think their defense is great. I think if you bring a quality unit there, you can move the ball on them. I thought early in the season they had a chance to have a dominant squad. I don't – listen, they're very good. They could fight their way to a Super Bowl. But they are in no way better than Cincinnati or Kansas City. They are at best even with those teams, at best Mike from Patchogue, the Jets cannot go into next season with Zach Wilson and Mike White in competition for the number one job. Do you think they should try to make a move on Rodgers and hope for a two-year window? Uh, I think that would be wonderful. I mean, if you're going to tell me uh, the Jets can add Aaron Rodgers their quarterback, I'd say, where do I sign? Um, I don't think it's going to happen. If it did, it would be terrific I think you have to lower your expectations below him but I think they need a veteran quarterback who they can play I, I don't think I, I don't think they can live with white or Wilson at their quarterback spot. I, I think there's no way Wilson starts the year as the number one and I I frankly don't see enough in white to make me think he's the guy. I think they need a guy now whether it's Garoppolo you want to you know dream about Tom Brady or you want to dream about Aaron Rodgers or go ahead they're dreams but you know sometimes dreams come true They need a veteran quarterback though I think you're more likely looking at the the likes of Garoppolo That would be the that would be the guy that that would be where I'd be thinking about And I think without any question, the number one quarterback is the Alabama quarterback. I think he, the only question about him is he is very small and very slight, but he is a heck of a quarterback. I do think there's a very good chance. The bears have the first pick. They're not going to take a quarterback. So They're going to trade the pick, and they're not going to trade it far down because they want one of those big defensive players. So they are going to stay in the top five, and that limits who's going to go up there to get them. A lot of people think the Colts will go up to take the number one pick and take the quarterback. I mean, I could see them definitely doing that. The question is who coaches the Colts. And Reich's a guy that I think will be coaching in the league this year. A smart team would be the team that hires Frank Reich. He's a very good coach. Uh, Niraj, could the Niners trade for Christian McCaffrey? Rank is one of the smarter in-season trades in recent history. It's a good one. It's a it's a good one because he was a perfect fit for them. He really was. They they had the they had the right people that melded well with his talents. He fit right into what they were looking for. So I think, yes, he was a very, very good fit. And they are a very dangerous team. Chris uh, asks, uh, I know that Joe Klecko probably did not have the longevity you want in terms of the Hall of Fame, but Klecko was a dominant defensive lineman and was an All-Pro, your thoughts on his Hall of Fame candidacy? I have no problem. I've said for many years, I think, Klecko. First of all, Klecko was the first guy to go to the Pro Bowl in three different positions. He was a tremendously talented guy who was versatile, was tough, and to me, I have no problem with him being in the Hall of Fame, none. Uh, Roger, why doesn't NFL Films have full seasons of teams games? Uh does the NFL file have these games on film? Could it even be done? Um I wish I could call Stephen and ask him, you know. Uh he's he's gone though. Um The NFL clearly shot every game. NFL films clearly shot every game. Whether or not they kept every game in its entirety After a season, that would be a lot, a lot of stuff to store. I don't know that they did that. And, you know, they did it for their shows. They edited it weekly for their shows. They have those shows, whether they have a team's entire season and catalog teams that way, I do not know. I think if you did enough work, you could probably find those games. I think the teams have them for sure. So whether they would allow you to uh, get them is another question. I would think by now they have put them on a modern format and they probably have them. Whether they would allow you to have them, I don't know. Uh, Staley's decision to play as starters in a meaningless game made no sense. Boza and Williams were both injured. Uh, If they lose, could you see the owner firing him? Well, he's made a lot of weird decisions. I don't disagree with that one. I don't believe in playing players that were hurt. If Boza had any lingering things with an injury, then you don't play him. I don't worry about playing healthy players. If they get hurt, it's the luck of the draw. I mean, that's all there is to it. I mean, uh, I I like to play my teams in these games. Guys can get hurt anywhere, anytime. Uh, it's unlucky when a guy gets hurt, but I'll never hold it against a coach when a guy gets hurt, never. Uh, so I don't get on them for that. Plus, they're saying Williams was going to play. No, I don't know about Bolsa. but Bosa's always hurt. Colin asked, what are the Giants' biggest needs in the off in the offseason? Well, number one, they absolutely need a game-breaking wide receiver, a guy who is a long ball threat, who is their version of the big hitter on that team. You know, they, you're not going to get Tyreek Hill. You're not going to get Jefferson to chase. But someone who makes you game plan against them defensively. You have to have a receiver where the other team has to take notice of them. The Giants don't have one of those. They need one of those. Number two, they still, while they have bookend tackles, they could still use another superior player on the interior part of the line. They can still add people there, and I think they will. Um, They aren't 100% there anywhere in the defense they can use help in all three areas of the defense without any question um i know you're probably going on the premise that daniel jones is your quarterback i don't see how you're going to get better right now now if i'm the giants i bring in someone and start to try to develop them but i think they're going forward and We're going to see what happens. We're going to learn more. You see, to me, Jones is okay as long as his legs work. But his legs are his best attribute. And this year, Dable did a great job from the start of cutting out the big mistake with him and presenting him with puzzles to get out of. And he worked well training to get out and escape the situations that David will put him in. And he did a very good job of that all year. But with him, his legs, his escape ability, and his forward running ability, which means he is a threat at any time to run for 10 or 15 yards. There are quarterbacks who are just trying to buy time. There are quarterbacks who are trying just to escape, who might escape for a first down. And then there's the guys who are forward factors at any moment. That's Daniel Jones. He is a forward factor to run with the ball on any play. His legs are something you have to discuss As a matter of fact, I think when you look at the Giants and you start your game plan defensively, it starts with taking away Jones' running ability. I think it is the most important feature of the Giant offense. That decision-making, which has been first-rate, and the way they use him, you know, the way they use him, they attack perimeters of defense by taking him and rolling him and taking him and making him... Put the defense on notice. Hey, I'm going to run out here. I'm going to put pressure on the edge. I might pass it. I might play action it, but I am going to put pressure on the edge. And his ability to move, especially to his right, and then either run, buy time and pass, dump the ball off, or take it down the field. Layer, layer, layer. Three layers of a passing tree. Of which he can move the ball into any one of the three quadrants and his ability to run for the first down. That is an important, imperative part of the giant offense. To me, it is the most important part of the giant offense his legs. Pat and Trenton, if you are the Eagles, do you give Jalen Hurts the big contract right away? Yes. Stop the sentence. Period. And yes, he's earned it. He's earned it. I think before he got hurt, he was clearly the MVP. I think now Mahomes is probably going to win it over him, but I think Hurts could have been easily the winner. I think he would have been the winner if he hadn't sat out those games and gotten hurt. He came back yesterday under handcuffs, but he has become a terrific NFL quarterback. He puts a lot of pressure on defenses with his arms, with his vision, with his instincts, with his running game. Jamison, do you listen to FAN much these days? Uh, Do you think radio is in trouble with the different forms of digital media these days? They've been predicting the demise of radio for 80 years. They'll probably be predicting it for the demise. Of, they'll probably be predicting the demise of it for another 80 years. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think people like getting free form, especially in their car, and getting it for free, and getting the ability to, to turn something on and be entertained, especially when you're in traffic. As far as FAN, Um, I never was a big fan. First of all, when you're on the air as much as I was, I mean, I was on the air five and a half hours a day, every day for 35 years. Um, When I got out of there at night, I wanted to hear something else. If we were in the car, if Doug and I were in the car, two things. If we were going to an event together, which we often did. When we would get in the car together, there were two things. One, if there was a ball game on, we would put that on. Otherwise we would put music on. And number two, we never talked. Because we had just talked for five and a half hours. So we just wanted to just hear the silence. And just, you know, take it easy for a couple minutes as we got ready to go to whatever appearance we were going to that night. So uh when you do a show that long and you're on that much you want to get away from it a little bit. So now, though, am I a listening to much of I'm really not. But again, I'm not in the car for that long a period. Um, I don't hear it very much. So, you know, that's just me. I mean, that's not an indictment of it in any way. Um, I'm not making any statements about any of the programs. I just uh, don't listen to it very much. That's just me, um, but I don't really hear the radio that much unless I'm in the car, and if I do, I usually listen to music. I don't even listen to, to, I don't even listen to much to political talk anymore. I used to. I don't really anymore. I more listen to music. I listen to a couple of stations on Sirius. Um, I like the bridge, which is number 17. Uh, Plays a lot of songs, you know, that you know, that I would know, you know, that, you know, that, you know, Billy Joel, Elton John, you know, all the stuff you heard in the, you know, Cat Stevens, Neil Young, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So uh, Carly Simon, James Taylor, you know, uh, Fleetwood Mac, you know, all all that kind of stuff. Uh, So I like the bridge. And then I skip around sometimes and listen. Um, I like. I'll tell you one thing I like that they do. I like when they have like a Billy Joel channel or a Springsteen channel, and you turn that on, and you hear them talk about how they were influenced by other artists or how they wrote a song or something like that. Fascinated. Like, hearing Carly Simon tell a story, and this just amazes me because I'm amazed at how they write these songs so quickly and how, how they write songs, because I would love to be able to write a song. I don't, don't think I have that capability at all. But to hear Carly Simon, who's a very talented woman, say, I was the opening act for Cat Stevens. And Cat Stevens asked if he could meet with me. So I was waiting for him to knock on the door. We were going to sit down and chat. And in the minutes while I was waiting for him, I wrote anticipation. So in a couple of minutes while she was waiting for Canada Stevens to knock on her door of her hotel room or apartment, whatever it was. I think it was the hotel room. um, She wrote anticipation. To hear these guys talk about how they wrote a certain song and what motivated them to write this certain song, uh, fascinating stuff. Whether you hear it from Dylan uh, or hear it from Springsteen or hear it from you know Paul McCartney or hear it from um, you know Billy Joel, uh, I, I think it's fascinating stuff. I love hearing that. It's stuff that influenced them. Uh, hearing Paul Simon talk about what led him to write a certain song or how they were blown away by their contemporaries' performance, like how how much Pet Sounds from the Beach Boys impacted them or how much they were blown away by Sgt. Pepper's when it came out. And that kind of stuff that the artists talk about fascinates me. So that I, that's the kind of stuff I wind up listening to now. More than anything else, you know uh, from that standpoint because there's a lot of that stuff on the different channels you know if you if you you know go down the channel um, Phil from Jersey, did you watch t v comedies here we go this is a different one did you like t- did you watch t v comedies like Friends or Seinfeld? I watched Friends a little I did not watch a lot of sitcoms. I wasn't home very much. I did not watch TV shows much during the week. The only night I was ever home was Friday. I was always home on Friday night. Or I tried to be home on Friday night. Because I was always out so much during the week. I and I got home and I used to get home late anyway. I used to get home eight, eight thirty on a regular night. And then if I went to a game, I get home, you know, eleven, twelve. So Friday night I tried to be home. That's why I've always watched Blue Bloods. And I've, I've been a big fan of Blue Bloods since day one. I know a couple of people who have been involved with the show. I've met Selleck a couple of times. I've visited him on the set a couple of times. So uh, I've gotten to know him a little bit. Um, I love that show. Now I'm in their 13th year, and I never miss Blue Bloods. Friday Night at 10, which is not a great time for a TV show, and it's been there all those years. 13 years, and hopefully back for a 14th. Uh, I, I like that show I I like Curb Your Enthusiasm it's funny as heck Larry David's funny Jv Smooth is funny they're funny I like them um, I didn't but I've seen Friends in reruns I've seen Seinfeld in reruns I never saw it that much when it was live I really didn't but I didn't see a lot of those TV shows in those days I really didn't, you know, because I wasn't home that much. So, uh, but I've seen it, you know, plenty of times. I mean, those Friends guys, when you see those reruns now, and, you know, they make a fortune in reruns. Nowadays, they don't let the people make money like that, like they used in the old days on on, uh, on reruns. On Reruns, you can make a fortune. Um, they look so young. Paul emails, I feel that Godella has been a marketing whiz from putting the draft in prime time, the traveling drafts, overseas games, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, How would you grade his tenure as commissioner? I would grade him this way. He came in and he said he was going to protect the Shield. That's what he came in to do. The, The commissioner has two jobs. One make more money for the owners case closed, whatever that may be. That means handling TV networks, growing in the game, all the things you mentioned, make money for the owners. Number one, number two, keep the players association, your partners under control. That is the commissioner's job. The commissioner people used to think was a job that was a, person who was in charge of the league and was neutral. Nonsense. He is an employee of the owners. That's what he is. He is nothing more. He is an owner employee. That's it. He answers to them. And Goodell vehemently, vehemently will protect the Shield at any cost. And he is tone deaf to any Humanity, any issue that involves human nature, uh, he's awful in those regards. But he's very good at making money, and he's very good at keeping the play association under control. And that's why he's a commissioner who gets paid over fifty million dollars a year and rides around on his you know own jet, because he makes these guys a ton of money and he keeps keeping the product fresh and live for new media dollars, whether it comes from Apple or Amazon or Netflix or whomever. That's what it's about. Grow the green, protect the shield. That's his job. From that standpoint, that's why he keeps getting uh, the job. That's why he keeps the job. That's why they like him, because he makes them money. Uh, Joey from Belmore asked the question that gets asked more than anything else these days. Do you think Korea ultimately lands with the Mets? I have to say yes and no because if I say I I don't know, it's boring. I will vote yes, but I don't think it's anything more than 60-40, and I don't think it's that big a deal. But I think he wants to play for the Mets. So I think they will somehow come to an agreement, even if it's only a couple-year deal. Maybe that's the answer. Rather than, but I'm sure he's looking for the big deal. Boris is always looking for the big deal, but I don't think he's going to get it now. So maybe he takes a short deal. Rather than take a short deal with a bad team, take a short deal with the Mets. Makes sense. Get a good buck for one year. Maybe he could even squeeze two years out of him. Something like that, rather than line up the big deal. So I'll say yes, but I don't say it with any conviction. We'll see you down the road. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today wherever you get your podcasts.